Welcome to Shortcut to Slim, a research-based podcast on dieting and nutrition brought to you by GetMealPlans.com. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This episode is all about FOMO, the fear of missing out, and how you can re-engineer your feelings of deprivation and redefine your experience to turn your suffering into growth and success. A few weeks ago, I was listening to a relationship podcast by Esther Perel. The format is her, the therapist, talking to a couple in crisis. There are all kinds of couples, gay couples, straight couples, couples where the husband cheated, couples where the wife cheated, and on and on. But despite the different dynamics or the issues that were coming up, I noticed one person always asked Perel, is this normal? And Perel, in typical therapist form, would answer a question with a question saying, is it helpful or hurtful? I love this. This is actually a really great strategy to ask yourself before taking any action. Is this helpful or hurtful to me? In a later episode, Perel explained why she did this. She said that you can normalize anything, rationalize anything, justify anything, which is so true. And any dieter can attest to that. In fact, it hurts to admit we do this. It hurts to admit we hand out permission slips to self-sabotage, that we routinely justify doing something that goes against the very goals and dreams we say we have and want so badly. Circling back to Perel's comment, since we can normalize or rationalize anything, asking, is it normal, or even looking for a standard to measure up against is completely futile. Perel says to her clients that instead of asking whether or not a behavior is normal, to ask, is it helpful or hurtful for them? That it's far more effective to focus on what causes deep wounds and to stop being wounded than to cope with the wound. Let me say that again. It is far more effective to focus on what causes deep wounds and to stop the wounding than to cope with the wound. This prevention attitude reminded me of episode nine from last season, season one, when we learned about free radicals. I commented then that, sure, vitamins like A, C, and E can slow the process of aging by fighting free radicals directly, but there's a limit to their power. So while popping vitamins or eating fruits and vegetables naturally rich in these antioxidants is helpful, it's far superior to just not contend with the free radicals at all. Think prevention rather than treatment. And isn't this also what Watkins was saying in episode two of this season? To jog your memory, Watkins said, it is more effective to focus on what is driving the behavior and work to stop that than to try to regulate the behavior. In case you're not connecting the dots here, Perel, a leading relationship psychotherapist, and Watkins, a neuroscientist and overall expert on human performance and business, they're literally saying the same thing. I mean, how awesome is it that all this research from different scientific disciplines is coming together to make the same point? And if you're wondering what that point is, it's this. Your relationship with yourself drives your behavior as well as your success. That is the foundation of mindset science, cognitive behavior therapy, psychology, and the power of perspective. Basically, everything we've been learning about this season. Work performance, relationship improvement, behavior modification, effective, consistent weight loss. It's all connected to this same simple strategy. Your relationship with yourself 
drives your behavior, which determines your success. Anyway, the more I listened to Perel's relationship podcast, the more I saw parallels between the couples in counseling and dieting difficulties I hear from my clients and from our members in the Meal Mentor community. Which, when you think about this, that makes a lot of sense. Isn't dieting a relationship? And and don't we say that? Don't we say things like, I want to have a better relationship with food? Here are a few quotes from the patients along with Perel's advice. Out of context, you wouldn't know these people were talking about a marriage. Their statements are that spot on to feelings and thoughts we have around dieting and weight loss and food and our relationship to ourselves and then our relationship to all of those things together. Here's what one partner said. After the betrayal, I was like, what was all the hard work for? Perel's advice. You want to equalize it, but you can't. Let that event exist in its own experience. Another person said, I feel a lot of shame. The shame voice says, I can't believe you did this. You're no good. How could you do this? This reminded me so much of episode four from this season about shame. I'm definitely going to listen to that again, and I hope you do too. Here's Perel's advice. See what happened as really hurtful, but understand you did it because you were hurting. Here's another quote. Shouldn't this come naturally and intuitively to me? If I have to write it down or do all these extra special things others don't have to do, what does that say about me? Perel's advice. It says that you are thinking, that you are conscious, that you are intentional. Those are amazing qualities. Last example. I'm angry about the cheating. I'm angry it didn't work. Perel's advice. You are angry because you felt you did certain things you didn't want to do. The anger has little to do with what actually happened or didn't happen. The anger comes from the fact that you made sacrifices, you did certain things you didn't want to do, and those efforts were not appreciated. I don't know about you, but hearing that last piece really made me think hard about people who binge or fall off the wagon after they've dieted for a long time or otherwise just quit in a very fantastic glory. Coming back to this topic of loving yourself, if you're anything like me, when someone says love yourself or have a better relationship with yourself or even forgive yourself, you think, yeah, okay, but how do I do that? No, really, how do I do that exactly? What are the steps? Even as I was researching and recording this season, I thought, all right, I buy this stuff, totally, totally get it, but I don't know how to do it. I can't connect the dots. (laughs) Where are the dots? That's the next part of this episode. Perel said her goal of each session is to change the story her patients tell themselves. She noted that when these couples come in, they are in pain and wrought with trauma. And from that place, not much can change. To create space for movement forward, she helps the couples create a new perspective. That is a new perception. Did you catch that? Perel's relationship advice just connected back to Crumb's perception research in episode three. To jog your memory, Crumb's research taught us that the effect you expect is the effect you get. So if you think something is painful or holding you back or hurtful, it will. And if you think it won't, it won't. So with Perel, by helping the couple change their story, change the way they see their past history and the effect it has on them and their marriage, that immediately makes things better for the couple because hope comes back in. What this means for us 
If we can change how we see our past history with weight loss, dieting, or anything that's driving bad behavior, as painful as that history is, looking at it with a different lens will immediately improve our situation because we'll be hopeful again. Hope is a powerful thing. I remember underlining this quote in The Hunger Games. President Snow said to Katniss, hope is the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. A spark is fine, as long as it's contained. If you're unfamiliar with the story, President Snow didn't like Katniss because she was a symbol of hope to the people. And like any overlord, he didn't want her hope sparking a revolution against him. So how does she do it? How does Perel help couples change the way they see their past history? By redefining the experience, which is something I think all dieters need, especially those of us who are still angry. If you're angry that the diet didn't work or if you're frustrated because you've done hard work but it didn't produce the results you expected or wanted, when you have a painful history, as many dieters do, it's easy to start to lose hope. But not a lot of change can come from that place. To create your space for movement forward, you need to create a new perspective. Turn suffering into growth. See it as a discovery into your own strength, courage, and compassion for yourself. Turn your disappointment into determination. Your guilt can be turned into guidance or motivation. A favorite slogan of mine is, I don't fail, I succeed or I learn. Perel also tells the couples to talk in we statements, we this, we that, this happened to us instead of this happened to me. The purpose for this is that we language integrates the experience, making it less polarized because at the extremes, the other person's going to defend themselves. This is part of self-love. We need to stop seeing ourselves as body parts or ranking our qualities or perceived flaws as good or bad. That's all polarizing. Like the couples, we need to integrate everything to make room for hope. Any trait can be an asset in the right circumstances. In my own life, I've discovered things that I thought were character defects or actually gifts if I employed them correctly. You've got to use what you've got. Give yourself a little compassion and you'll bloom. Remember, the more self-love you have, the less you experience self-abuse. Self-abuse comes from self-rejection. You can't take care of something you hate. Your relationship with yourself drives your behavior as well as your success. This means loving your body and enjoying the life you're living while losing weight is critical. And if you can't do that, turn your stress or suffering into social connection. Success takes a we, not a me. I see it in our member community every single day. Members post that they'd been a member for months, but they hadn't really immersed themselves. They were a lurker, partly because they were embarrassed they hadn't achieved some level of success. But then once they got in and started participating, they found success. That's my story too. I didn't hit my stride until I started sharing my struggles online. Because when I did that, when you do that, when you come out of isolation, there are others there to help you or give you that different perspective you'd have never considered on your own. I've also learned that when I share my shame, it loses its power over me. Trust me when I say you need a community and one that doesn't shame you. 
find your people either by joining Mill Mentors community or a church or a 12-step program or something else. On that note, let's talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out. No more FOMO. Here's how you can re-engineer your feelings of deprivation. Instead of FOMO, I embrace JOMO, the joy of missing out. In my weight loss program, I call this the flip side of deprivation. There are two sides to deprivation. There is depriving yourself of the thing and then what you are deprived of by having the thing. Most of us never consider this other side of deprivation. But if you take a second to consider it, you'll behave the way you want to. Here's an example. I can deprive myself of a second margarita, or I can deprive myself of feeling good tomorrow because another margarita means I'm gonna be hungover and I'm not gonna be 100%. Here's another example. I can deprive myself of ice cream, or I can deprive myself of having seriously unpleasant GI experiences later in the evening. In fact, this is something I've noticed about allergies. When people are allergic to a food, their mindset shifts. Their perspective completely changes. They look at something and they immediately see the other side of deprivation and it makes it really easy for them to say no. And there's no reason you can't train yourself to do this too. If you start to feel deprived, stop to consider the other side of deprivation and I guarantee you'll make a better decision. Here's an easy way to put this in practice. Before taking an action, be Perel and ask yourself, is this helpful or hurtful? To summarize this episode, before taking an action, ask, is this helpful or hurtful to me? Consider the flip side of deprivation. Remember that your relationship with yourself drives your behavior as well as your success. You can't take care of something you hate. Finally, practice redefining your experience. Change your perspective on your history. You don't fail, you succeed or you learn. Breathe in the faith, breathe out the fear. Breathe in the love and breathe out the shame. Turn suffering into growth and share it with others. Connect to a community. You've been listening to Shortcut to Slim. Download your free research-based seven-day meal plan at getmealplans.com and leave the guesswork and science to me. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with a friend.